0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming uh, back to our MIT podcast. Uh, You know, this podcast, we talk to a lot of people who have done amazing things. Today, it's so amazing that I get to invite this awesome guest. He has been doing a lot of business acquisition and I even mentioned about a lot of creative real estate acquisition. Our guest today is Abraham Gray. Abraham, thank you for, for your time coming to our podcast.
1: What's up? Good to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. To start, why don't you give us, uh, our audience a a quick, like a minute or two minutes highlight on what you have done and basically, you know, how, how did you get into it?
1: Yeah. So I started off in business when I was a teenager, I started selling sports cards because I collected them my whole life and started making good money when I was 15, 16, I was making a lot of money selling cards and I grew that bigger and bigger every single year. And eventually in my early twenties, I got into real estate and I started buying uh, some real estate for rentals. And then a few years later, I started buying more real estate to do fix and flips rentals. And, you know, from there just kind of started buying and selling a lot more businesses, a lot more real estate. And up until today, I've probably bought and sold thousands of properties and I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses. And I, I still do that to today.
0: Wow. So you started, started when you were 16?
1: Probably 15. 15
0: was like when I really wow. started
1: making some decent money.
0: Wow. So does it come from your original family background? Like I didn't, family I didn't has even grow on? up with my family. So I, I, I actually, when I was doing all this, I was like living like foster
1: family, foster family. I went to boarding schools. I, I didn't know. I moved out of my parents' house when I was uh, probably like 11, 11, 12 years old. Wow. Yeah.
0: So who told, who told you that you should get into it? I mean, you got to come from somewhere, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just had the passion of sports when I was younger, so I collected a lot of cards. And then I started going to shows to buy more cards. And eventually I was like, you know what? I started like selling some of them. I was like, wait, this is pretty profitable. So I, I got into being more into the selling and uh, trading and buying and selling. And it, it, it just seemed like it made sense. I was making money. I was able to do more stuff in life because I had the money, gave me more freedom. And uh, from there, I just got better and better at it. You know, once you do good and are good at something, you just want to keep doing more of it. And that's kind of how it all started.
0: Amazing, amazing. And Abraham, as far as I know, you have started to inspire a lot of people who either just get started, who just, you you know, find challenges in either real estate or, you know, business buying. What are the common challenge that you see that you, and, and, and what kind of advice that you would give to those people?
1: You said, what are the common challenges or
0: trends? Yes. Challenges? Challenge. Challenges? Yeah. I mean, obviously the biggest challenge is
1: people don't believe in themselves. That's by far the biggest challenge. People always come to me and be like, I'm not good at anything. I'm not, I don't know how to do anything. I don't have any help. I don't have any experience. I don't. That's probably the biggest challenge It's just the mindset, but literally some of the people that I see are the most successful that I've, I've dealt with are people that didn't know anything, you know, but they believed in themselves and they hung around the right people. So you just gotta like think positively and don't doubt yourself
0: and hang around I the think right people. Positively yeah. and don't doubt yourself. Yeah. So with the, with the people who who you see doubting themselves. What, like, like what, what do you do to them or what do you typically you know, help them get over it?
1: Well, I, you know, I, if it's someone I talk to for a little while, I'll dig into it. I'll be like, well, why don't you believe in yourself? And they'll tell me, well, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. I'm like, well, what are you good at? And they'll tell me. I'm like, well, I suck at that. Like, you're way better than me at that. There's so many things that you're better than me at. And then, you know, they start to realize that they are actually good at certain things. And then they're, but then they're like, but this stuff is worthless. Like, I'm better at you at this, but it's not going to help me in life. It's not going to help me. And I'm like, and then I kill that belief. I'm like, all right, well, and then I'll tell them a story. I'll be like, well, all right, well, how old are you? And they'll tell me, oh, I'm 28 years old. I'm like, well, what do you know now that you didn't know when you were 18? That if you knew when you were 18, you'd be so much more successful right now. And then they tell me like five or six or ten different things, or really, you could probably come up with hundreds of things. I'm like, if I knew all this stuff when I was 18 that I know now. I would be a hundred times more successful. I'm like, well, shit. You just told me all these different things you're good at now that you didn't know when you were 18. There's so many things that you could help people that were at your 18, 19, 20, 25 year old self that you could help. So there's so many things that you're good at. You just don't realize it because you're good at it. Like the things that I'm good at, I don't even realize I'm good at it because it's just natural. Like if you're good at something, it's the same thing. You're good at it. Like you don't feel like you're good at it, but other people see it. So you just got to show people that they're really good at a lot of things. They just got to use that stuff in a, in a way to, to make money or to better their lives.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, mindset is certainly a big thing that nowadays a lot of people just get into a space they find difficult on. So, you know, you just share amazing way to help people get through it. Mm-hmm. Right. I still remember that in my early phase of my real estate journey, I, all I think about is, okay, how do I get one single unit and the next one and the next one? Right. Until I realized, oh, I can actually buy two, three and a dozen, you know, Mm -hmm. right once to jump, jump through that. It's a belief, right? You got to believe that you can manage that. You can operate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like before I did any real estate, I was like, how the hell do people own 50 properties or 100 properties? It's impossible, but it is impossible to do it right away. You buy one, then you buy three, then you buy five. And eventually you have a hundred and you can have hundreds. You know, that's, that's the way I grew my businesses. That's the way I grew everything. When I first started business, I thought, oh yeah, it's impossible to have all this, but as you do it, you get more confidence in it and you learn how to do it better. So you can grow. It's, it's impossible to go from zero to a hundred, but you can go from zero to one, to five, to 10, to 20, you know, five. And, and so, so that's basically what you just said.
0: Is there is there a kind of goal setting, that uh, routine that you've been doing, you know, for yourself kind of every day or every week that you set a goal and, you know, just take mini step toward your goal? So when I was younger, I did that a lot. Like I always had goals, what I
1: wanted to reach every single week, every single month, you know, every single year. But then I got to a point where I kind of had whatever I wanted. And so my goal really... For the last, you know, decade or two has been more or less just just making sure that every single day I don't get stressed, I don't, I don't get unhappy, I only do stuff I like, I, I only enjoy life. So everything I do throughout the day is stuff that I really enjoy doing. And that that's kind of what, what I do at this point. It's not really like I'm trying to get to a certain, you know, amount of money that I'm making or a certain amount of, you know, properties that I own or a certain amount of businesses. I don't really care. I just care that, you know, I stay healthy, happy and, you know. Everyone
0: around me is happy to yes, have yes. around the right people. Awesome, awesome. Abraham, one thing that I'm very interested in learning from you is about business buying. And of course, you, you, you've you been talking to a lot of people regarding to how to buy businesses creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who, who are just getting started to buy businesses, what are the advice that you give them? Are those the the similar you know process they need to go through you know, I was buying the f- their first rental.
1: Yeah. I mean, business and real estate is very simple. So what I've been really well known for the last few years, you know, for the last at least five years plus has been teaching people how to buy businesses creatively. So I started my first business mastermind, you know, that I started doing like on, on weekends back in 2020. So I've been doing 2020, This is my fifth year. Doing, it's going to be my fifth year doing them next year, so this, I'm at the end of my fourth nice. year doing them. But I, I did them like on a smaller scale before 2020, just like with a couple people here, a couple people there. But I mean, it, it's very similar in that you know you're buying businesses, you know, for that cash flow. You're you're buying businesses from creative people that are motivated, just like you are in real estate. You're buying businesses that you can get creative deals on for the most part. If you're you know in real estate, you know, for fix and flips, you pay cash usually, but You know, we're big into buying uh, a lot of buy and holds and we're doing a lot of creative deals, but business is almost Mm -hmm. all creative. Like there's no businesses I buy that are not creative. Every single one is creative. So when I say creative, there's some component of owner financing. There's some component of all kinds of other creative stuff. Every business I buy has a different type of creative aspect. But one thing that they all have is there's some component of owner finance. Sometimes it's 10%, sometimes it's 50%, sometimes it's 100%. But there's always some. And then there's literally like dozens and dozens of different strategies of how you can buy businesses creatively without using any of your money, where in in real estate, there's a bunch of ways, but maybe there's, you know, five or six good ways in real estate where there's dozens of ways in business, because there's so many different, different things that don't exist in real estate you can do, you can do with business.
0: Yeah. So speaking of buying businesses creatively, I, I, I have been wondering why, you know, buying businesses it's always more creative than buying real estate. Oh, I mean, yeah. for, some, for some reason, like, like seller finance is a common theme. Well, it has to be in business. business. So creative finance
1: in buying real estate is not as big of a deal because you, you, you could go inspect the property. You could kind of know what it needs. You might miss a couple of things here and there, but like you're going to be pretty damn close. You're not going to like all of a sudden be surprised crazily, especially on multiple properties. On business, mm-hmm. that's not the case. On business, there's so many things that you don't know when you buy it. Like, you don't know all the previous customers. You don't know every single thing that they need or what deals were promised to them. You don't, you know, you have a ton of employees. Which employees um, do you have special deals? Which employees are supposed to get raises? Which ones are the best? Which ones are the worst? Which one? There's, and the vendors and just everything else, you know, location. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that you, you can't learn, even when you buy a business that, The owner is going to teach you all this stuff but there's so much stuff that's going to get left off and you don't know what's left off until so you have to have a component of owner financing because you're going to need that person to help you sometimes it's only for a month sometimes it's for three months sometimes six months sometimes it's a year or longer and Mm -hmm. if you have a component of owner finance they're going to have to help you because that's going to be part of the contingency of how you're paying them look i'm only paying you because I, you know, we agreed ahead of time of this amount of help that you're going to help me with stuff that comes up that, you know, there was no way you could have taught me in the beginning because I, you know, it, it just came up. Right. So yeah. it doesn't happen with real estate, but with business, it happens all the time. Every business, there's stuff that comes up. So you just got to make sure that you owe them a certain amount of money. So they'll keep helping you. Like I typically will do at least three years of owner financing, but I try to do five plus years. So most of my owner financing are, are on average five years but I have some that were 20 years and then I have, you know, some that were wow. maybe three years, but usually it's at least five years. And that way, no matter what comes up, they're going to help me. If they don't help me, it's, right. it's written in the contract. They're going to lose a lot of the money that I owe them. If they don't help. me.
0: Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I, most of the business that, that I've been seeing are, you know, the retired uh, or retiring owner. Yeah. What, why, why would they even consider like 20 years plus of, of seller finance?
1: Well, it's very uncommon for anyone to do twenty years plus. The most common is, is three to five years. Five years is common. Got it. So three three years anyone will do. Five years most people will pretty much do. I mean, I, think you can go to seven, ten years. Twenty, 20 years is crazy. I, I have one really good deal I bought that was twenty years, but yeah, that's crazy. But you know, there there are old people that sell me real estate on owner finance. Like I have people in their seventies that sell me properties owner finance that don't have a balloon for fifteen years. So I mean. Just, they just know that their kids or their you know, grandkids or whatever will get, will get that residual income and their kids won't blow out all the money. You know? So there are reasons mm-hmm. why people will do it. But yeah, typically in, in business, people want their money out within five years. So right. that's kind of how I, I structure it. And because on a business, you're buying a business for like two to three times what it's worth. If you're structuring over five years, you know, you're making good money for five years as you're paying them. You know, you're basically paying them half the profit maybe or less. And you're keeping the rest. So five years usually works really well if you're buying it at the right price.
0: Hmm. I see. I see. I see. I was talking to someone the other day. He was asking me, "Hey, I see a lot of people or people in sub two community are getting creative deals all the time. How come I'm not getting enough deals? Or not even mentioning about creative deals. Yeah. Just a deal that cash flow is hard to find. How do you guys get all? I mean, of creative so deals? the way you get more deals doesn't matter what it
1: is is to put yourself out there more, right? Make sure everybody knows that you're looking for deals. If people don't know you're looking for deals, you're not going to get that many deals. So I'm always posting on social media, like all the different deals I just bought, all the different deals I'm working on. I, you know, every single Facebook group I'm in, every single whatever I'm in. And then I let all my friends know. I let all my, you know, attorneys know, my doctors know, my, you know, my bankers, my wealth managers. I I let everybody know, my accountants, that I'm doing it. So that way, if they have people that they know that they're working for, that they could refer them to me. But on top of that, you know, it's a lead flow. So I, you know, you could do, you can pull lists, you could, you know, Google different people, you could send them letters, you could do a text campaign, you could reach out to them on LinkedIn. There's so many different ways to reach out to people. You can go to a lot of events, right? I, I think going to events is where you meet tons of people you're going to do deals with, buy deals from, sell deals to, partner with. So you just got to get people that aren't getting any deal flow are just not doing those types of things. They're not going and, and letting people know what they're doing. They're not going to events. They're not... They're just quiet. If
0: you're
1: quiet, mm-hmm.
0: how can you get anything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, well, what, what I was telling them was you have to, you have to, you know, put yourself in front of people and really that's, that resonate what you just said really. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess eventually it's number game, right? I mean, you have to get, I mean, if you can get one creative deal out of hundred, then you just need to get a lot of hundreds to get. Oh yeah. That's that's the other part where you just said, like literally I buy a lot of deals, but guess what? I look at a
1: hundred deals, just like you said, to get one deal. So if people are looking at 20 or 30 deals, the odds are they're probably not going to get a deal. You know, you gotta, it's a numbers game. You gotta get tons and tons of stuff in. And even if you buy a deal, every time you look at 20 or 30 deals, you might not be buying the best deals. I'm buying the best deals. So I'm buying one out of a hundred, you know, so I'm able to, to get the best ones, you, you know, you want to get good deals. You don't want to buy a bad deal and then be like, "Oh shit, I don't want to do this anymore" because it wasn't a good deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the other component is about capital. Would you would you say that as you grow to a position that you have more capital that you can you will get you will get access to better deals be just because you're you got more cash.
1: Yeah, obviously, the more it. people know you, and the better well known you are, and the more cash you have, you're going to get better deals. But I could tell you that almost. All the deals I've bought lately, I've used none of my own money. So if it's just capital, it's not that important. Like if you're buying good deals, the capital is there. There's so many different ways to to get the money. It, it, it's crazy. But it's got to be a good deal. If you don't have a good deal, it's going to be very, very hard to get the money. Very hard. Yeah. If you're getting really, really good deals, like unbelievable deals, the money is going gonna, gonna to find you. In types of yeah.
0: Awesome. 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 So, so Abraham, you just mentioned that you've been doing the business mastermind for today's, this year is going to be fifth years, fourth year. Yeah, this is
1: my end of the fourth year. Yeah. So next, next year we want nice. start of the fifth year. Yeah. Nice. Over the last, this year and last year, I started doing it with Pace actually. Pace has been at all the masterminds the last year or so.
0: Is he going to join you the next? Yeah, of course. Know? Yeah. He's part of it. He's,
1: he's a speaker every day awesome. at, at the events. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Do you want to uh, talk a little about, you know, the event? So, you know, people who are interested listening. Yeah, sure. Will, will but I find. do
1: like, I do like three events a year. As a, that's what I've been doing. The next one is actually in a week and is in two and a half weeks. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. It's the November 10th, 11th, 12th. And it's in Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. So right by Phoenix. And this is going to be the biggest one. So I usually always have like 200 people. This one's gonna have probably closer to 300 people. And I have a lot more guest speakers. So, you know, besides me, Carl Allen, Chris Moore, Pace Morby, we have like Jamil that's gonna be there. We have Cody Parn. we have a whole bunch of other people that are pretty well known in, in, in industries. And we're gonna talk about how the different businesses they've gotten and, and, and really give people a lot of creative ways to, to do stuff that they're doing that to show that, you know, all different types of people could do it in
0: different ways. Fantastic. Fantastic. Ibrahim, so st- if, if you were to give like 10 years younger version of you, what would you tell that person? I mean, with what you know already, like, what Just would relax. Be I, I would say
1: relax, live a good life. You know, you're only gonna live once, like, live stress free and hang around, hang around the coolest people that you know, the most successful people that you know, the most positive people that you know, and good things are gonna happen. So, I mean, that's literally, that's literally what it is. Like, don't, don't go around people that are not doing well and, and are negative and you're going to, you're going to have a good life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So basically put yourself into the group of people that's successful, basically.
1: Yeah. People that you want to be awesome. Like. People, awesome. Yeah. People that you want to be like and people that you look up to, stuff like
0: that. Awesome. Abraham, do, do you have any recommended, you know, book podcasts or any sort of information that would help people just get started? Book podcasts. So. I actually don't even
1: read books or or, or watch like book podcasts wow. or anything. Yeah, you know I've never read a book in my life since probably high school. So, oh my god! Yeah, I've never read a very rare. I've never read mm. one book. I think books are great, and I see like so many people read books, and I know all the good books just because I hear people talk about them, right? But I I just don't have the time to read books. Like I look at a book, I'm like, holy shit, how long is it going to take me? So what I do is people will tell me about the books, like people will read all these good books and then they'll just tell me like the highlights or they'll tell me the cliff notes or the best parts of the book. So I I just listen to that or I'll watch movies or I'll listen to, you know, to different people talk about the books, you know, in, in in a short time. But yeah, I mean, I'm so like, I got stuff going on all the time that like, I don't even know how I could. I don't even want to carve Find out time to hours to, to to read the book, wow. but I do hear about all the good books and I do hear about all the cool things about them. But I, I don't I don't I don't read them. But if you told me all the best books, I would be like, oh yep, I heard that one fifty times. That one's Everyone loves that book. Everyone, so I'll know them, but I, I haven't read it.
0: That's so. That's one way of consuming the content in a very efficient way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Right. I try to do? It. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. So. You got to have some sort of, you know, positive energy that just coming, coming out from you. I mean, right. I mean, most of the people that I met, you know, they, they are, they were out from some sort of life and, you know, events or working or family or kid and all that. Right. I mean, there got to be some sort of positive energy or positive activity that you, you do to yourself that basically. Yeah.
1: Always. Right. First first off, I'm always around positive people. Like literally... If someone around me is not positive, I'll never let that person around me. I'll never let that person around me. I don't care. I don't care if it's a relative. I don't care who it is. You don't let that person around you. But I literally every single week, you know, I get massages, I get, I go to pedicures, I go in the steam room, I go in the sauna, I go in the jacuzzi, I go to cryotherapy. I do all these different things and I'm I'm at the gym. So all, all these things together just make you feel good. You know, when you feel good, you're more positive and you're happy.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I know how hard it is because earlier this year, I cut off 90% of my friends in my network you have to. just to replace. Yeah. I mean, it. it, it it's so amazing and it, it was so effective, but it, was, it wasn't easy to do initially. No, nothing's wow. easy
1: in the beginning, but then you realize, man, it's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Abraham, there's so many things that we can talk about mm-hmm. because you have done so much things. Is there any things that you would like to share to our audience that I, I I missed or we didn't talk about that you feel is so important that people should know about?
1: I mean, I think we talked about a lot of the most important stuff. I mean, like if you have like specific topics or something like that, I could give you my, my views on them. But like in general, in life, when I started hanging around the people that I want to be like and the more successful people and the positive people is when my life changed and you know, where everything started going you know, the right way. So... What I noticed is a lot of the people that come to me that have problems are hanging around people that have problems or hanging around negative people. Like literally, as soon as I get them to get rid of those people, even if they're relatives, close relatives, doesn't matter. You got to get rid of them. Then their lives like change. So that's, you know, pretty much the one thing that I would say is, is, is crucially important. And, you know, we talked about that for a little while already.
0: Right, right. So, so is so for the people who are dealing with the, you know, a lot of people, you know, problem de- daily or routinely, they should really, you know, look at
1: figure out why the they're having these problems. Or... I always, if someone has problems, mm-hmm. figure out why you're having these problems and figure out solutions. So my big thing, like I actually, when I go to like different events, and I talk at other people's events. Sometimes I'll have like mm-hmm. a bunch of slides I go through and I teach all different types of things, but sometimes I'll just go there and be like, all right. I am a problem solver. I find solutions for any type of problem and I'll just go around the audience and I'll be like, tell me your biggest problem right now. And they'll tell me, and then we'll just kind of break it down and I'll figure out the solution for them. And it doesn't matter what the problem is. And so that that's what I do with myself and all the people around me. So like figure out all the problems you have, figure out why you have those problems and figure out solutions to to those problems. And if you can do all that, then I mean, what can't you do?
0: Exactly, exactly. Awesome, awesome. Uh, one thing that I've always wanted to ask you, and now I just remember, you own so many companies right now, like businesses. How do you know the operation can be, you know, well-kept or basically, Yeah, you know, so grow?
1: every single business I have, I either have a partner or I have a good general manager, like every single one. I'm, I'm the person that goes finds the businesses, negotiate the businesses, looks at the numbers, makes sure that, you know, I build rapport with the seller and we come up with a good deal that everybody's happy with. Once once I close Mm -hmm. down the deal, I pretty much hand it off to my partner. Or if I don't have a partner, I'll have like a general manager that I know is really good that I hand it off to. And they're the ones that run everything. If I didn't have these partners or general managers, I wouldn't be able to have more than one or two or three businesses. But because Mm -hmm. I have these people... They, you know, could run it. So I would rather give away half my business or more than half my business and do so many more and do what I enjoy doing than, than to run all these businesses and to not be able to do as much and do the stuff I don't enjoy doing. People that like to operate businesses are good at it and like it, you know, so let them do it. And they're going to be better How do it. you
0: find those people?
1: So, you know, there are more either a lot of the businesses I buy already have operators. So a lot of times when I buy a business, I just... Obviously, I always keep the person in place that's running the business, but sometimes they'll just run the business for me and sometimes I'll work a deal where they have some sort of ownership in the business. But I have, you know, so I'm 48. So I've been doing business for 33 years, since I was 15. Wow. So I, I've had lots of partners and the, the ones yeah. that I have that are really good, especially the ones that are the integrators and the operators, I, I'm like, look, every time I get a new business, I want, you, I want to plug you in if you have the bandwidth to do it. So a lot of my partners and a lot of my operators are the same ones that I've had for so long that were good that were, I was able to, you know, give them more more stuff to do. So I have, I have a lot of similar partners in a lot of businesses, but then I come up with new ones all the time too. I always find new people that are cool to, to work with. It just depends on the business and depends on, you know, where it's at and, and what they do and what everyone's strengths
0: are. Mm, I see, I see, I see. And of course, you mentioned about networking with people, know a lot of good people.
1: Yeah. And, and look, you got to have, you got to have KPIs in place for every business, right? You got to look at the financials every single, every single month. So you look at profit and loss statement, how much money did it make? And you, you look to see, okay, um, line item by line item. Did certain things go up did certain things go down and you have to figure out why, if it makes sense, you, you know, once a month, you look at that. I look at that for almost every business once a month. And then mm-hmm. um, of course I I'll have, you know, KPIs, key performing indicators. So like certain things ha- have to happen. And if they don't happen, we'll try to figure out why. And Figure out ways to do it, and you know the, the, those things are what keep people in check and, and honest, and you know, the business good.
0: Mm, I see. Have you ever owned a business that basically just just declined after you you buy, and how do they deal with it?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I've had definitely had lots of businesses that didn't make money and that have declined. So typically, what I'll do is, and this is what's really important, you basically. And this is what a lot of people do that lose all their money. So when you have a business and you see that it's not doing good or it's getting worse, you have to figure out a way to get rid of it without taking a big loss. So when I have a business, that's not doing good. I figure out a way to get rid of it before I start losing too much money on it. And you just got to cut your losses. It's it's like poker. When you have a good hand, you got to win as much money as you can on it. And when you have a bad hand fold and, and, and lose as little as possible. So with a business that keeps declining, maybe you'll try like a few months or however long to see if you could figure out why, and if there's a way to turn it around, but if you're not capable, you're not good enough, or you don't know how, then you got to get rid of that business. And there's all different ways to get rid of businesses, but you know, you could sell it to an employee. You could close it. You could sell it to a competitor. You could sell it to just a random person. You could, you know, all, all these different things, but you have to figure out what the best way to get rid of it is. But sometimes if it's a business I bought, figure out if the person I bought it from will want it back. But yeah, you don't wanna have a business that's losing money continuously that you don't have a, a good game plan to turn around because that's gonna be like super stressful and yeah, the whole point of life is to not have any stress.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so it sounds like you know, negative cash flow two, three months is probably, you know, the time. Well it, for it depends the- on the business
1: and depends on how much the negative cash flow is. And if, if you see like a way to turn it around or see, you know, maybe it's a bad season or maybe there's something bad to happen, maybe so you just gotta figure it all out. I'm not saying two, three months right. is the time. It, sometimes it could be a year, sometimes it could be a month. You know? If you're losing right. like a shit ton of money, it might be faster. If you're losing just small amounts of money and there's a way to maybe figure out a way to turn around, then maybe longer. But obviously the more it's gonna hurt you, like if it's too big of a loss, that, that's when you gotta speed it up and get rid of the faster.
0: Awesome, awesome. Abraham, thank you so much yeah. for all the, the input today. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah. for coming on to, to a podcast. Please feel feel free to come back anytime.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, you know, of course, if anybody wants to watch any of my stuff or see the different things I do, you just go to my YouTube. It's just Abraham Gray, G-R-A-Y, and I have a YouTube channel I started like a little bit over a year ago, so I, I put out a lot of cool videos there. But, yeah,
0: that's pretty much exactly. it. Exactly. If you haven't watched those, you have to go. And we'll also include all Abraham's YouTube channel and uh, event information in the podcast notes. And if you're watching uh, from our YouTube, you should be able to see it in the video below. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, for sure.